Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Who doesn't love shopping at Target? Did you know the all-new Target Circle is the free and easy way to get the most deals at Target? And when you pay with your Target Circle card, you can save an extra 5% your way every day. But wait, there's more. Now you've got a new way to save with Target Circle 360. With unlimited same-day delivery, Target Circle 360 is the fastest way to get your order to your door or someone else's. Right now, sign up for Target Circle 360 for just $49 for your first year of membership. That's $50 off the regular price. Visit Target.com slash Circle or the Target app for more details. Same-day delivery is subject to terms, applies to orders over $35. For 5% discount, restrictions apply. See program rules in-store or at Target.com slash Circle Card. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am all in. I am all in with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hi, everybody. Uh, This is Scott Patterson. I am all in podcast, and this is one-on-one with Lane Kim, played uh, brilliantly by Keiko Agena. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Keiko. Welcome, by the way, to the the podcast. Nice to have you. Thank you. you. Um, Keiko plays the character of Lane Kim, as you all know. Lane is Stars Hollow's resident music lover. Lane has been uh, is seen toting what she refers to as the mojo Bible of music around, aiming to procure every last record in it. Uh, due to her family's strict religious adherence, uh, Lane is a master of ingenuity, successfully executing various schemes to procure the aforementioned tunes, often with the help of her childhood best friend, Rory. Let's get into this. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's a lot more stuff in here. Uh, I could go on talking about your resume forever, but I want to get into the questions and we'll get into your sure. resume a little later because this is an impressive list of shows that you've been on and we'll, we'll get into that. But let's start from the beginning. How'd you get the role of Lane? 
Oh, I was uh, just one of the pack. I think when I auditioned for Lane, it was with a bunch of other people. I think I showed up and there were probably two pages worth of people who have, who had signed in at that point. <laughs> and, uh, and so I just went through the weeding out process until we, um, you know, we got to the uh, network test, I guess was the last one, um, until we uh, shot the pilot. So, so that, you, was, that was my process. I didn't have any special, there were no special lines for me. I just kind of right. went in with the, with the group. The group. So, so you went, you met uh, casting, first yep. audition, then you went to producers, yes. second audition, okay. then it was network, and then it was studio. So it was four total. Yeah. Was it studio first or network first? I can't remember. I didn't have to go through that. I, I just got cast as a, a guest star and pilot. Damn it. All right, fine, whatever. Uh, No, I had to jump through a few hoops. And then I had a producer session. I remember that. That was the first time I'd had something like that with uh, met up with Amy and maybe Dan was there. Someone else was there too. But I spoke a little with Amy before the final test, I think. Was Gavin Pallone there? Oh, that's right. Was it Gavin that was there at the... And Leslie Leslie Linka-Gladder, was she there? She directed the pilot. I don't think she was there at that session. Right. I know Amy was there. Right. Um, uh, yeah. And then we. So what do we, you remember about the actual audition? Do you think you nailed it? it? Yeah. You, do you remember the audition? Like how, how it went for you? Did you feel afterwards like you nailed it and you, you felt pretty good about it or, or what? Well, I always say the saving grace was that I had had, um, I was part of a very, very tiny um, recurring part on Felicity at the same time. And because of that, I was just distracted enough to not obsess about the audition process. Also, I had never gone through so many auditions, so I didn't even know there was such a thing as a studio test and a network test. I honestly didn't know why I had to keep showing up. So when I showed up at the in the room, I was surprised by the fact that there were, you know, a dozen people in there. I didn't know why they were, but I just came in and I did the same thing as I did the audition before. And um, because I was distracted enough, I read the lines very flat and I didn't, I don't think I put any extra spin on it or any extra mustard on it, which I think with that, this writing as you might, I don't know what your opinion is, but is on it. But I feel like, especially at that point, that was, the writing was good enough that I didn't, putting any extra schmeg on it wasn't going to help at any mm-hmm. end. So I think that's actually uh, was, ended up being helpful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the end of it. For the fans tuning in, uh, getting a, a, a series regular job on a, on a comedy or a sitcom or uh, a dramedy or a drama is is an excruciatingly long, arduous process because you meet the casting people, and then if you get through that, you meet the produ- some of the producers, maybe not all of them, and then if you get past that and you get in the group that goes to the studio, and then if you and then that gets nervous because it's a big conference room and all these suits come in and they're you know yeah it's nerve wracking and then if you get through that then you go to the network where it's a bigger conference room or it's even a small theater within that network where they do that kind of thing and then there might be 50 people there and it's it's very very difficult to get a job um so um so when you first got the script did you ever think the character of lane would become so loved and so important to the series i 
did know that it was a great character. I mean, the fact that she was uh, part of it and you got to see her home life and her mom and it did seem interesting. And I loved the overall script, that's for sure. When I read that full script, I thought, dang, I hope this gets to series because even as a fan, I think this is a good show. So that was a special uh, feel. I didn't think I would get it. So I had a lot of, uh, I wasn't attached to it, but I remember thinking, oh, this is, this is a great part for someone. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, I'm the same way. I never think I'm going to get anything. And then it's kind of a shock when you, when you get it, it's like, wow, how did that happen? Right. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Um, so what did you like most about Lane and what did you like least about Lane? I liked that she had to care about two things. One, she cared deeply about her mother, and the other was she would care deeply about her own obsessions and her own independence. And I like characters that have that want two things that that don't easily fit together. That's just fun to play off of, to play those two wants off of each other. Um, the thing that I like least about her is that. You know, you have all of this buildup in that character, and I don't think that she ever got to fly. You, you put so much pressure on this character, which is fun and what you need in comedy, but I wish that she had had more moments of um, fulfillment, I think. I think there's a, there's, there's a lot of frustration I have with that character as a fan, too, or, and as someone who got to play her. Uh, I would say that's the thing I like least about her. Um, that there was more potential to flesh out that character and, 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 you know, with augmented storylines and, and, and conclusions. Yeah, more, um, uh, I think she just had a hard life, which is fun for comedy, but I, I don't know. And maybe this wouldn't make a better show, but I, I think selfishly, I wish that she had had maybe more fulfillment. Filming, it's at least with the music side and the independent side of, of her, because we get to, you know, touch base with her uh, 10 years later in the, mm -hmm. in the. What about a spinoff show? You and, the, yeah, you and your mother? Uh, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much more story to tell people. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, uh, let's spin her off. Right. And it's like, who's going to write it? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I know that, that, uh, that the current writers are kind of busy. Uh, I know. With what? Oh, that's yeah. right. The award-winning show. So did you, um, here's a fan question. Uh, did ah. you, did you and Alexis have a great friendship outside the show? I wish we had more of a friendship. That was probably a, a lot to do with, with, uh, w with me not making as much of an effort as I should have. But I also think I, I was so, so, um, not worried is the wrong word, but, you know, they worked so many hours that their off, uh, off set time I thought was so precious to them. And I, and I didn't want to insert myself into, um, into their, that time of their, their lives. I don't know how, how you felt about that, but I just, that that's part of why, especially with Alexis and Lauren, I think that they had yeah. uh, such a tough schedule. I mean, I couldn't get away from them. I mean, I couldn't get them <laughs> off me. You know? no, oh, just really? kidding. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so w what do you think of the, um, um, well, I mean, did you click right away with, with Alexis? 
because you had so many scenes with her and and it seemed also effortless and great and that was that real was that translated from real life well alexis is so um such a wonderful person and i do think that as soon as i met her as a person you just recognize that she's an intelligent special individual and i think that there's part of me that felt um protective of her right away as a, a um as a fellow actor and um and 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 someone that recognizes how how unique of a person that she is so maybe maybe some of that was something that is just instinctual and i think that probably shows in how our characters related to each other that mm-hmm. that we like and respect each other mm-hmm. um right off the bat right, yeah that's she was her. so young i mean Yes. And she was very young. So young. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. She seemed very vulnerable and yeah, she like, it was all coming at her so quickly and all the limousines and the speeches and the awards and all the whole thing. I mean, it was just like, wow. You know, she was at NYU film school, right? She wasn't even in their acting program. I, I don't think. Yeah. And she went in for this thing and she was modeling in New York and studying and, you know, she's a smart kid and, or was at that time a smart kid. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure this just, just blew her mind away, all this, uh, you know, this job and, and the time it required and the time it took out yeah. of her day, you know? Yeah, because I think she wanted, she had other things she wanted to do, obviously, right? And this was all yeah. just such a surprise, like what's going on? <laughs> yeah, and I think it's the, t- the kind of thing when you're a lead on a television show that um, that maybe people do know this or don't know this, but you don't, they don't have a lot of time for other things, period. True. You know, yeah. especially a show like this with, with, where the days are very long and, and um, yeah, there, there's not a lot of extra time. Right. There's, there's, there's the extra time is filled with photo shoots yes, with radio and TV promotions and travel to do same. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a full-time job. I mean, yeah. the, the promotional side of it is a job in and of itself. Uh, and to take that on and then be on set all those hours, my God. Um, so Emily Kuroda, Mrs. Kim, was your mom. And what did you think of the relationship of Lane and Mrs. Kim in comparison to Rory and Lorelai? Oh, that's interesting. Well, I think that um, the Lane-Mrs. Kim dynamic was not the same as Lorelai and Emily, but was more similar to that dynamic than to Lorelai Rory, mm-hmm. where it's um, people who have a very different idea of what what's, what's the right way to live a life. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty, as far as a, it being, it was very opposite of what Rory had with her mom. It really was, wasn't it? I mean, it yeah. was... Um... I mean, you know, of course you love your mom and you respect your mom, but boy, she, uh, she was really putting the handcuffs on you. She, even in a town like stars hollow, that was such a, such a happy, harmless place to live. What was she so afraid of? (laughs) I mean, I can understand that if you're living in a big city, right? I mean, if you're living in Chicago or New York or LA or San Francisco, but this is stars hollow. This is this tiny little hamlet with all these cheery, funny, happy little people, and nothing bad happens there. <laughs> what wasn't was it, your mom so tight about? Wasn't it a special about? little place, though? Wasn't Stars Hollow just like uh, I loved it? it oh it, yeah, it, no question. Place, 
Yeah, it's a place where you have unlimited budget for festivals mm-hmm. and uh, you only have one stoplight. Right. Everybody knows each other. Everybody's mm-hmm. smart. <laughs> it's kind of a lovely little... Uh, well, that's what really made the relationship stick out for me because I kept saying, what is what is M- uh, Lane's mom so afraid will happen to her daughter <laughs> in Stars Hollow? It's Stars Hollow. That's why they're there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here's another fan question. Uh, uh, you were, um, okay. So you recently said in, uh, in today's world, Lane Kim would be different. Why is that? You, you used to, I guess you stated this in an interview and a fan wants to know how would Lane Kim be different in today's world or would she even be different in today's world uh, opposed to 2000? So 21 years later, would she be different? I think that in some ways, when you're in a small town because of the access to uh, people that have the same opinion that you do, basically different fandoms through the internet, I think that in some ways um, Lane would have found um, connections to other people. She would have this secret um, and thriving internet life. I think that it's, I think it's more fun that she didn't have that outlet that she had to kind of live, find a way to live her, her fantasy music life in the real world with, um, and that was more of a, a, of a challenge uh, for her. But I think that would be a, that would be a big difference is that she, she would have been able to find connections um, with people that didn't live in stars hollow Mm -hmm. um, that she had something in common with. Right. Right. I think, yeah. Right. The way the internet and social media has evolved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I think so. I wonder if she would have like a fun, I wonder if she would have like a fun, um, ooh, this is a kind of a a fun thing to think about. If she would have a secret, uh, like uh, Instagram where she did uh, some kind of, musical and i could see that i could see her producing these little Mm -hmm. music videos um under the guise of another a secret identity that that would be a fun lane kim 2021 Mm storyline that that i would want to see maybe it'll happen i mean write it maybe it'll happen (laughs) um uh you were the one person that knew all of these gentlemen so i have to ask you keiko uh, are you team Logan, team Jess, or team Dean? And tell us why. I'm team Jess. I am team Jess. And uh, I say that because I, I always felt that the main problem with Jess is that he needed to um, mature and find some vulnerability. I thought that was his only big, and it's a big flaw, but that that was something that would happen over time that I thought that their chemistry together and the, the way that they matched intellectually and the way that he really did, their love for each other seemed genuine. And I didn't, I didn't think that once he grew up that he would ever cheat on Rory or, or, or that sort of thing. Whereas I always sort of thought maybe I questioned Logan. Well, that's, a, that's the downside of Logan. And then Dean, I just never thought was the right just match for her. Um, so that's why I'm team Jess. Because yeah, I, I thought eventually they would be right for each other. I feel exactly the same way. Do you? Yeah, I do. I, I felt, I always felt that Logan, there was just, I don't know, you know, I just, I didn't see it. 
I just didn't see it. There was a there was a quality there that I just thought was not going to work out for her. You know, yeah. There was, there was he's hiding something. That character was yeah. hiding something, and it just was so apparent to me. And yeah. I think I think that's you know Matsukri adding that layer for yeah. that character, which I thought was a brilliant choice. Yeah. Because it did make you distrust him a little bit, and I think you needed to. Yeah. Um. Uh. And. And Dean, gosh, you know, I just saw Rory's, so I'm watching, because I've never seen the episode, so I'm watching oh. them before <laughs> I do the podcast, right? <laughs> so I'll watch it the night before and make notes, or the day of and make notes, and uh, the day we record, and I just saw Rory's two birthday parties before uh -huh. we did the last podcast with George Bell, and I was stunned at how bold Dean was, uh -huh. kissing her in Dosey's market that way. Uh -huh. And then coming over, uh, you know, Lorelai invited him to movie night, which Rory was horrified by, but she, you know, acquiesced. Uh -huh. And, and, and Lorelai gave him the speech when Rory excused herself for a minute uh -huh. about don't hurt my kid. Like what she was telling, what she was telling uh, Dean was don't impregnate my daughter the way Christopher right. did me. Like she's not getting on your motorcycle. And he goes, well, I don't have a motorcycle. She And she just looked at him and said, she's not getting on your motorcycle, which meant <laughs> don't, <laughs> knock, don't knock her up. Uh, you know right. what I mean? Because uh, the whole town's watching you, kid. You know, it's not just Rory. It's the whole town. So don't mess with us. Um, and then he had he had the, the gumption when she was done to say, now is it, can I talk now? And I was like, wow, he's 18. What is, or 17 in the show. Like he's a kid in high school and he just got the talk from a very protective mama bear and it didn't phase him. Mm. Didn't phase him at all. So, and then he mentions to Rory about, Hey, do I, when does the guest uh, get to like, if we do this again, can I pick the movie? And have you seen uh, boogie nights? And I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and Laurel, I wasn't around. Um, so I'm thinking, wow, this is, this is going down the wrong road here for Roy. Right. And I, right away, I was just like, I mean, I did a Scott Cohen rant. I don't know if I'm going to do a Dean rant, but I think I might be doing one right now. Um, okay. So I agree. I, I totally agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Uh -huh. um, I think Jess is, is perfect for her as he matures, if he matures. Yes. yes. Did Lane like Paris? Did Lane like Paris? Did you interact with Paris? Did you act with her a lot? No, I wish. Yeah, My, you're, you're yeah. right. I love Liza. I mean, yeah. wow, yeah. what a what a powerhouse of an actress. I wish there were more uh, scenes uh, or opportunities because she's so great. Yeah. Mm, I don't know if she liked. Paris. I mean, there must have been. You might might not have been a, really aware of her, but I'm, yeah. did, did, didn't Rory confide in you at times? I went, well, she went off to Yale, and I don't know, you know, how much interaction you guys had once she went off to Yale because I haven't seen the episodes, but I don't remember any of the scripts. So, yeah, because um, that's when I they, or, or really? I'm sorry, when she went off to Chilton. Yeah, I feel like the worlds were so mm -hmm. separate. Mm -hmm. Um, 
That's a good question. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know if I don't know if she likes. Uh, I can't believe this is the first time I've th- I've been I've been asked it or have thought about it. Well, we'll come back to it. It's no big deal. Okay. Um, um, so you lo- Lane love music. Did you share this love of music with your character? Are you a music nut? No, I uh, have very little music knowledge. <laughs> um, although I do, I will say the last uh, piece of music that I really fell in love with was uh, Leonard Cohen's um, uh, album that he came out with just before he passed, mm-hmm. which I love even still every time I listen to it. Mm-hmm. Want it darker? I would say that that, and that seems like something that lane would like i think that's a crossover right but then the other one you know that's not a crossover probably is spin doctors like i love the spin doctors i do not think that lane kim <laughs> would would mm-hmm. have that in her um right. list of, i think she'd be too snooty to right. uh, admit that she had the spin doctors in there so we all know uh say on the music subject uh, we all know that lane played the drums did you enjoy learning how to play the drums because that was required I, I did love it yeah who, t- who taught you? Uh, Jeannie. I forget her last name, but she was a friend of um, Helen and Dave's and who actually played drums in the band that Dave, the, the actual Dave Gravowski plays in. I forget oh, the name. Okay. She okay. was my drum teacher. Gotcha. So every week we would get together and play for like a couple hours or something like that. Did she have you listen to certain drummers and try to play along with them? Oh, I wasn't even at that point yet. I mean, she did, I just did like very rudimentary things. Um, uh, yes, but I have been told that my four on the floor is pretty decent by Sebastian Bach. Even he was like, "Oh, you know, uh, you're not bad." Again, uh, so I take that as a compliment. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Um, <laughs> so listen, I know we're going a little bit out of order with this next sure. question, but um, you know, the writers uh, had Lane wait to have sex until she was married. How did you feel about this? Uh, As an actor, what a great fun comedic thing to play that you waited so long to have sex and it was terrible. Um, But then as a fan, I kind of feel bad for her. This kind of goes back to the thing I said before, like Lane's life is pretty rough. Like she waited all this time and the first time that she had sex, it's uh, uh, terrible, and she gets pregnant with twins. Or we assume that it happened right away. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't, I, I don't know. It's mixed. What is your uh, favorite memory of Gilmore Girls? Uh, There's just too many, right? They're just flooding in. Yeah, I mean, I guess one of the one of my favorite ones is getting to film with. Emily Kuroda on the time where things all really start to fall apart, where Lane gets kicked out of the house. That was really fun. I think I'm glad I got to stay with the character long enough where the, you, you could say that the Rory Lane um, dynamic was the biggest one in Lane's life, but I, but I would even uh, venture to say that it was her and her mom. And so to stay with a relationship long enough to that, that core relationship in her life has a chance to change is interesting. So I think I, I was glad that I got to spend enough time with that relationship to see a change. You know, I, I want to ask my own question here. What, what was yeah. Emily, Emily Corona like to work with? I mean, she was so wonderful. You guys had such a great dynamic and, and the comedy was flying off you too. What, what was she like? She is fantastic as an actress and she's probably the person that I know and spend time with the most off uh you know offset uh 
Um, so I've seen her work in a lot of different ways and she's fantastic. I mean, the emotional depth of Emily is incredible. And she, she's also someone that's very um, different from her character. And it's obviously she's able to access that, that side of it. But, you know, something that people wouldn't necessarily know about Emily is like what a tech head Emily is. You know, she is very different than, um, than I think you would think of Mrs. Kim. And, and so I, I just love everything that she brought. And I do, I would say that as soon as, that was one of the things I remember from the pilot is that I was a little worried about who they might've cast as my mom. I just knew that that was gonna be such an important role in, in the show. And when I showed up to set and when I saw Emily and when we did that first take, I just, there was so much joy in my heart. Cause I was like, ah, oh, they got it right. Like this actress is exactly what I want for this character. And this is going to be so much fun mm -hmm. to play off of her. I yeah. was, it was real. It was a sense of relief. Right. That's how I felt when I first started with Lauren in the oh, very first great. diner scene up in Toronto. I, was, yeah. I, I did have joy in my heart as well. I said, wow, this is going to be great. Yeah. Cause she was so good and it was just yeah. like, so, you know, it wasn't, I'm not going to say it was easy for her because, you know, acting's hard, but it, it seemed easy for her. And I was just yeah. like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, she's prepared. Yeah, that feeling. Yeah. When did you know that, when did you know that it was, um, when did you get the feeling that, oh, this is, this is going to go to series and this is, and people are going to really fall in love with it. Did you have that, a moment like when that? When I read the script. Right from the script. Right from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Oh. I think the other aha moment was when I got on the set the first time up in Toronto at Luke's Diner and I saw Lauren and Alexis rehearsing and they were uh, sitting down at a table in Luke's Diner and they were rehearsing a scene and I thought, wow, look at that chemistry. Yeah. And that's the other aha moment. I was like, this is going to go. Yeah. You know, this will get picked up. And I remember having the conversation with Lauren uh, at Amy's uh, first uh, Christmas party at her house. Uh, like, you know, we were outside and like, how long you think it's going to go? And, I, and she said a couple of years and I said five years. And, you know, we, it, we just kind of knew, you know, it was yeah. going to go. And you were one of the first people I met when I went up there. When, yeah. when I came from the hotel in my uh, jogging suit because the airline had lost my luggage and went to that five-star <laughs> French restaurant and they let me in and there you were and you and Lauren were there. That you were the first, and and we sat in the in the bar and had a drink and got to know each other. You were the first yeah. people I met. Isn't and that funny? Timothy Hutton was in the corner, and I thought he was part of the show. And I said, "What's Timothy Hutton doing here? Is he part of the show?" Because <laughs> everybody was staying at that hotel. Everybody, all the actors in town doing film and TV projects, stay at that hotel. So that restaurant was very popular. How different would it have been if we we had shot the show in Toronto? Do you think? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think it would have been great regardless, but that was such a tough show to schedule. Yeah. It's just hard to imagine being in a, and I did a series in, in Canada, uh, in Vancouver, right after, uh, Gilmore, I went and did uh, aliens in America up in Vancouver mm -hmm. and it's tough to be away from home like that. And we only did a year. And it was a great show and great writing and great actors and the whole thing, but it's tough. It's really hard. Uh, and some people in the cast were really struggling with being away from home and it was really hard for them. And, uh, I, I, I yeah, it's just, it's hard, you know, 
Yeah. It's hard. It, it's hard. I, I'm, I'm glad they decided, but I remember they took a vote. They asked everybody, you know, what do you want to do? And everybody said LA. <laughs> <laughs> Not to well, knock Toronto. It's a great city. It's one of the great cities of the world. But uh, I don't think anybody wanted to be away from home because yeah. we knew it was going to be a five, at least a five-year commitment. Yeah. And yeah. So it's amazing uh, what people do for their craft and to leave yeah. their home for five years. And, you know, but, and people do it. They relocate. I mean, people relocate to South Africa to do a series. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. Um, Anyway, um, what was your favorite episode? Ooh. That's hard to say. I mean, even speaking about uh, the pilot, I think there's something sweet about the pilot. Right. When right. I'm asked about what my favorite episode is, I think about the beginning and the ends, and I don't know if that's because uh, of just uh, looking back and appreciating the whole, the whole thing of it, but, um, you know, getting to shoot just the newness of, 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 of shooting a pilot and, mm -hmm. and all of those mis mistakes I made also. Like I remember, mistakes. I remember, huh? Mistakes. What are you talking well, about? Silly, well, here's a silly thing. Like, um, I think this was in the pilot in any case, it was sometime early on. It might not have been the pilot, but it was sometime early on where I didn't, I didn't even understand. Sorry, I shouldn't admit this, but you know, it was way back when I didn't even understand like, all of the parts of, that you need to, to shoot a scene. So I would come and I remember there was this big scene and we were shooting the uh, master and uh, we shot the master and I thought that I was done. And I thought, oh, when, when you're done, you just go back to your trailer. And I just took it upon myself to walk away from set. And I do remember thinking that, <laughs> I remember hearing that they couldn't find me. You know, like they were trying to shoot the rest of the scene. I thought I was done. Um, and they're, uh, and they're like, no, we have to go find her on the Warner Brothers lot. And so, uh, so then I learned, oh, no, this, no, this is going to take a while. We need to do this whole process. It's oh, not my just goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Where's Lane? What happened? Yeah, exactly. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including 
actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, I I made a confession on this uh, on this podcast uh, when we started. I did borrow a few things. Borrow, I'll use that term. Borrow from the set. Uh, did you borrow anything from the set? The way I did. Um, there was some. I there was some, and it was not. Yeah, it was uh, my glasses from the. Uh, it was from the. Uh, well, because here was the thing. In my defense. When we finished the first, the actual series, we didn't know we were coming back or not. And those were my actual glasses. Oh. And, they, and so those are lost to wherever the world those are. And so when we came back, I really wanted to have my character glasses from the uh, revival. And so I kind of, I did that. What about, what did you, what did you borrow? Perfectly understandable. <laughs> Nobody can fault you for that. Okay. Um, the question isn't what, what did I borrow? It's what didn't I borrow? Oh, good lord! Yeah, I, 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 I have a whole treasure trove of things, but they were being offered to me as it as it wound down, and oh, that's okay. how I knew there was a good chance that we weren't coming back. I didn't know. I, well, I didn't either. But it's like, why, just... why, 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 are, why is the props department saying, you know? I Dang. mean, were they privy to the negotiations? I, I, I guess How did because they know? because they're the first to know. Because huh. the construction crew is the first to know, right? Because they got to tear it down and build something. So if they something comes right. on their schedule, like hey, they're not coming back, and this other show's right. coming in, and we got a, a timeline here to tear this down. stuff down and, and build a new sets because that's what takes a lot of time is building yeah. those sets. Yeah. So yeah. they know right away. So I guess they got an alert, or they they had they had prior knowledge. 
And I just thought, and then I was up in uh, Toronto actually making a film. And when I got the word from my manager saying the show's been canceled, I was like, oh. well, I kind of, it was shocking, but I kind of knew it already because I, because I was being offered stuff from <laughs> set <laughs> you know, a couple months prior. <laughs> <laughs> I got the whole diner. Because <laughs> like you people... can film Gilmore Girls in your home because you have so many props of the show. Yeah, I tried to get on the the you know the 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 tour uh, route. Come on in, you know, five bucks. You can go to Luke's diner. I got it set up in my living room. <laughs> so okay, so here's a Sean Gunn uh, question. He says he he keeps in contact with you the most. Uh, so who do you, who do you uh, keep in contact with the most within the cast? Is there somebody? Are you cheating on Sean Gunn? Are, is Sean Gunn <laughs> no, your one and only, or what, no, like what's the deal? It's more of a group thing because Sean and John Cabrera know each other very well. Right, right. So I was actually over at John's house, and Sean was there too with his with his uh, wife Tosh. So yes, the, those between um, Sean and John who know each other, um, and I've been to both of their weddings since the show has ended. And then Emily Carota would probably mm -hmm. be the, the, the groups of people. Okay. Yes. So we have a segment now called rapid fire. Are you ready to answer questions thrown at you quickly? Yes. Don't be scared. All right. You ready? Here we go. Yes. How do you take your coffee? Black. Can you smell That's a lie. Why don't, why am I lying already? With, with oat milk. <laughs> oh no, it's <laughs> this rapid fire is very revealing. With oat milk. Okay. okay. <laughs> Why did you lie? Why did you lie? <laughs> I don't know. I'm ready. Next. Uh, well, we already know. We already you already answered this question. We already know your team, Jess. So we don't have to ask it. But I'm going to ask it anyway. Are you team Logan, team Jess, or team Dean? Team Jess. Oh, there you go. Uh, who's the daddy? Uh, uh, um, um, Logan. Uh, best memory of Gilmore Girls. We already asked this, but go ahead and answer it. Um, Quickly. the pilot or, yeah. um, walking around before we filmed the wedding sequence and looking at how beautiful they had made the set. That was a beautiful from, set. from the Netflix reboot, right? Yes. Yeah. That was, that was really pretty. That gorgeous. was the most photographed. I mean, everybody was just had oh. their iPhones out photographing the, yes. the heck out of that. Yeah. I have beautiful. tons of pictures from that. I even have like slow-mo fancy iPhone edited photos of Lauren when the snow was falling on her after the wedding. Oh yeah. And they told her to walk down the stairs. Amy said, come on down the stairs. Yeah. And I'm like wondering why the hell am I not in this shot? So I whipped out my <laughs> iPhone and I started taking pictures and filming it. And she said, you can't do that. And I said, yeah, watch me, watch I know. me, watch me. Film. I stole a few of those, uh, yeah. rose petals. I gave them away, but there I stole Yeah, Good for you. Good for you. Um, what show are you, show you're binge watching right now? Um, what did I just? Oh, I rewatched Atlanta, and my husband is going nuts for it. Okay. Such a good show. All right, cast member you texted most recently? Uh, John Cabrera. Okay, so let's go. So that's it for rapid fire. You did okay. really well. You only lied once. People usually lie two or three times. We usually <laughs> get people right away. We got you right away. You yeah. said black, but you take it with oat milk. Don't don't be bothered by this. Everybody does it. Everyone um, so uh, let's talk about. So listen, you were also on uh, Hulu's f the first, and you joined the cast of Prodigal Son, which yeah. which got canceled. But everybody should watch that show. What a fantastic show! Tell us tell us a little bit about that show. What was that like? 
I loved it. It was a really um, special show about a a serial killer and the son who loves him, but is a um, a profiler, grows up to be a profiler. Mm-hmm. And I get to play a quirky or got to play a quirky um, medical examiner who is so intelligent about her job, but very socially awkward. And like, like we were talking about Lane of having two things that uh, don't mesh well together. I love, I love that she was so confident in one area of her life and so deficient in another area of her life. Um, so right off the bat, when I read that uh, script, I got excited about getting a chance to do that. Right. Um, did you get to, I, I didn't, I don't really watch television uh-huh. um, other than the financial channels. Uh, but uh, I love Michael Shannon. I just love his work. Uh, he was brilliant in Frost Nixon. He was just anything the guy does. Yeah. Uh, did you get to work with him a lot? You know, that was one of the, uh, one of my favorite moments on Prodigal Son is that we had one, one um, scene together where our characters meet. And what was fun about that is that on paper, um, it was, was a great scene written, but because of who he is, when I, when I showed up and we started to rehearse and to kind of discover on the day what happened is, um, my character is enamored with him. And I started to giggle and laugh about a joke. Idris is not necessarily funny, but she thinks she's funny sometimes. And so she sort of makes a, a joke that I start giggling at during rehearsal, his character it finds it funny as well. By the time we get to what that moment is and what sh- what is uh, printed and exists as that scene, we're full on belly laughing at each other <laughs> during that scene. And that's just something that's not, it wasn't written that we laugh, we share a laugh together, but because of, because he's the kind of actor that is willing to go down whatever road is, uh, is, shows up on the day Mm -hmm. I got to walk down a little path with him and so he's the kind of person that you would love to have other scenes with because you're you're going to be surprised by whatever he brings to it right right yeah which is which is a really uh um excellent point you make about the acting process is to trust what you have on the day if you've done the work if you're invested in the character something arrives it's supposed to arrive Yes. So don't exactly. ignore it because yes. that's the gift. Yeah. That's so, what all your work and all your research is bringing forth. So don't, you know, and then you sometimes get a director like, don't do that and say, why? It's, it's here. Yeah. This is, right. this is what I'm going with. And don't, you know, don't yeah. rain on my parade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 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 And, and it is amazing that, uh, Sometimes you'll you'll get an actor that allows all that, like you know the head yeah. of the cast and the big star and the whole thing, and they love that, and that's right. why they're in that position because they yeah. know that that's the gold. Um, loved catching up. Uh, love to have you back on. Uh, we have a lot more to talk about, and uh, and really, I mean, uh, Keiko is truly one of the unsung, uh, underappreciated actors. Uh, working in the business right now um, and has been working in the business for a long time. Um, And all you have to do is, you know, the thing that impressed me most about your skills as an actress uh, was that drunk scene you played at that, that party. 
And I forget what episode it was, but I saw a clip of it and I, and I, and I was just amazed at how you just nailed that and the comedy coming out of that. Uh, I forget what the episode was. And I, I, like I said, I didn't see the episode, but I did see a clip. I saw, oh, I saw it in, uh, you know where I saw it? I saw it on the ADR stage when I had the loop lines and that was, uh, a couple of scenes and the guy that was in the, uh, that ran the ADR stage says, you got to see the scene that Keiko did. I mean, it's, he said, it's just freaking amazing. And I said, yeah, let me oh. see it. And he played it and I was like, wow, you know, so you know what you're doing. You're one of the best out there. Uh, I wish you all the best and I hope you come back um, and go, so go much. pick up her book called no mistakes. And it is a, uh, an artist workbook. Cause she knows what she's doing on a set. She knows, she knows the acting game and she knows the craft and it's a skill set. And Keiko's got the skills. Um, so if you're feeling down and you're frustrated in your life or your career and you're an actor, just work on your skills. Just keep working to acquire skills. Cause it's a daily commitment to improving those skills little by little by little. That's all it is. It's nothing to get down about. And when you get the skills honed, when they're ready and you can display them, you will get work. It's as simple as that. So keep working. Thanks for coming on, Keiko, and uh, uh, being an inspiration to everybody. And we'll talk soon, okay? Awesome. Thanks, okay. Scott. All right. Take bye. care. All right. Bye. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. Oh, you Gilmore fans, if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world, go to my website for my company, ScottyP.com, S-C-O-T-T-Y-P.com, ScottyP.com, grade one specialty coffee. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. 
And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.